Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast. This is episode number four. I'm your host, Damian Ross, and on today's episode, I bring you the creators of one of the very first YouTube channels I found in and around full-time RVing. My guests are Ben and Rebecca, the duo behind His and Hers Vlogs, and they will break down how they got started living a full-time digital nomad life while also maintaining a home base in Alaska. But let's actually get into the show so you can hear their story from them. All right, you guys, so I'm so excited to bring Ben and Rebecca from His and Hers Vlog on the show today. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing Thanks great. for having us. I'm Happy excited to have you guys here. I've followed you guys for a while now, and obviously from, from how-tos to just kind of, you know, getting to know you guys, I, as we were, like, hanging out at the beginning, I was kind of like, I feel like I know you guys, and I know you don't know me, and I think that's <laughs> the power of kind of the relationship building that YouTube has, which we'll definitely get into. Now, that doesn't look like an overland. That doesn't look like an RV. Where are you guys right now? We're home. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we keep a home base in Seward, Alaska, and uh, we came home after 11 months on the road, uh, came home this summer for a little break. We're probably home for another few weeks, yeah. month, and then we head back out and uh, take on the next adventure. You just do a small road trip, seven, nine, 11 months. <laughs> it sounds like you just put a notice, right? You just call the boss and you're like, hey, I'm going to take yeah. a week or nine months off. I'll be back. <laughs> oh, there, there is no boss anymore. After years, we are each other's boss. That's fantastic. You know, I'm actually really excited because a lot of times when I talk to people about Rootless, they think it means like homeless or that it means uh, that you don't, you're just completely location independent and the idea that you don't have real estate. And that's not the case whatsoever. It's more of just living kind of your best life and being free. Oh, so that's right. on your terms. Yeah. And I, obviously I've seen where having a home base, especially being in Alaska has been really great for you guys. And, and we'll definitely get into it, but it's got me thinking, I need that too, whether it's just once a year or every other six months to be able to just come back to a place and just kind of decompress and work on things. We all know our RVs or trucks or mics, whatever you're using, they're going to have problems. This is a great way to That's do great. it. It's a nice so balance. When did, and I'll use the term daily kind of travel in a sense, when did that become a big part of your life as opposed to like maybe, you know, sectioning out time for vacations, but when did this life, what year would you say this really took place? Daily travel. It started in two forms. In the summers of Alaska, we kind of full-timed the summers of Alaska for several years before we even started a YouTube channel and traveling the lower 48. You know, we would regularly spend 70 to 90 days of the Alaskan summer out exploring the state. Nice. But in 2015, uh, but, we started our first journey to the yeah. lower 48, and that was seven months of daily traveling daily living on the road are you both originally from alaska no we're from california for the that's most part yeah 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 that's what i thought i remember when we did you guys alaska 11 years ago yeah no wait oh eight. nice that's a big jump from california to alaska i'm originally i'm a california native as well too so i could see that being a, a big jump and the life lesson there. Yeah, no doubt. You're, uh, and I don't want to assume just because I found you guys in 2016 that I know your entire kind of travel history in regards to vehicles. Was the, the Class A that I met you guys in on YouTube, was that your first RV that you guys had owned and used? It's the first one that we owned together. together. My family had RVs all in my growing up years. So I joke and tell people I came home from the hospital in a Holiday Rambler, 1980 Holiday Rambler. But it's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's dead serious. My grandparents, 
my my parent my mom and her brother grew up um, in a um, like a travel trailer because my grandfather was an electrician and a welder and he followed the construction jobs across the country. So like they worked on Vandenberg, he worked on the Minute Mis Minuteman missile sites. Those are so, the OG yeah. full-time RVers. Yeah, so like Kennedy Space Center, uh, Minuteman missiles all across the country, Vandenberg, my grandparents followed that. So it's literally like in my blood. My family it was OG RVers. <laughs> and you know what? I think about your family all the time when I'm thinking about like, how did they do this with maps? Like, how did they find <laughs> gas stations? Like, how did they find campgrounds? Like, it's mind blowing to me. You know, and I'm, I'll be 50 in two years. It's not like I'm a pup that has never experienced a Thomas guide or anything, but it's 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 different when you're out guy. here. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> there is like, but it's different when you're. Yeah, you know, that's your neighborhood. You kind of have an idea of what you know. Well, Orange County, I know how to get there. But when yeah. you're in the middle of you know, Indiana, like, through there with less traffic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's awesome that it has that kind of history. So, what did your life look like before? You know, you guys had this kind of like where you're taking these summers, and is it just you're living in Alaska and it's you know, working for someone else? What did that look like? Uh, well, we always had a, the dream of a life less ordinary and the confines of a regular work environment just didn't mesh well. I was a fishing guide up here, which I loved. It was so much fun. It, I love fishing, taking people out on the trip of a lifetime, the ego boost of wheeling that fish cart full of trophies up and the tourists just staring at you. But it was all consuming for three to four months of my life, our life, and Rebecca had to assume pretty much the house, the dogs, and three small businesses, and work a full-time job. That involved monthly yeah. travel. And <laughs> that full-time job wore on you having to go to a physical location. So somewhere around, what, 11? 10. 10. We just started pursuing anything that allowed us not to have to go to a physical location, punch a time clock. Especially the nine to fiver thing. Like, I did that for about two years to do loan reimbursement, um, and then I, I, I immediately realized, like, yeah, this is not me. I can't do the nine to five thing. It killed me. But everything is transitional as well. There was, you know, it didn't just happen like that. No. There's a transition period of well, you couldn't. You still had grad school debt, so you couldn't just walk away from no. practicing medicine. So you started taking locum jobs around the state, like out in Dutch Harbor and all yeah. these amazing uh, villages around the state of Alaska. And then eventually I took a remote job um, working for the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium for their community health aid program. I did that for seven years remotely. Yeah. And that really allowed us to get out on the road and travel full time. And Ben built our businesses while I was still working. And then I left that job actually I went part-time last year, and then I completely left it this year, and now we both work full-time on our businesses. But everything is transition. It just happens in phases, yeah. and we look at it as a team. You know, yeah, there was actually a period of time where I was a house husband <laughs> while Rebecca was working when I was not guiding, because you only guide in the summer months here, and it, we just looked at the bigger picture <laughs> of our goals and dreams, and whoever's job it was to just do whatever needed to be done, we did it. Yep. 
You know what? You're actually the second couple that has been on the podcast that has talked about, which I think people would, you know, a 1950s kind of mindset. And they're talking about this like role reversal to get to where we wanted to go. But I think people forget that husband and wife, that's straight up a team. You know what I mean? It really doesn't, you know, my mom, which I've talked about, was the producer of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. She hit kind of the the jackpot you know what i mean in that industry and you know at some point my dad was like what do i need to work for you know what i mean i'll set up our after retirement life which is what he worked on so it's really cool to hear that and then now you guys have come together and it's it seems like it's really really working which is great um so really cool that it's different because a lot of people that obviously i mean you know this people i'll be talking to are people that have set a date to sell everything and move into an rv that'll probably be the bigger of kind of who I've seen and, you know, especially a lot of the channels that are kind of out there and what's going on. I do like to hear that you guys did a lot of traveling before you started creating content. I think that's really interesting to me because I I, want to be careful. I don't want to put anyone down that's buying an RV and buying a camera and then going, there's nothing really wrong with that. But there is something to say that experiencing this without that kind of pressure of creating the content is a different beast and it's a lot of fun so you know i just created a video we did uh for the full-time freedom week and i included a little clip of that walter mitty movie at the very last scene where sean penn has got this snow leopard you know that he's been waiting for the shot and it's just this magical moment and ben's just like are you gonna take the shot sometimes i don't when i like the moment just for me yeah yeah and it's easy to forget when you're you know, under the gun to record and get stuff out and keep the algorithm happy that you're out there just for me too Mm -hmm. and living the moment. And sometimes we think, and I think as we move into this next transition of our traveling, that we plan to plan things this way of one day for recording and one day for us, like the whales in Guerrero Negro, a perfect example. It was the most amazing experience you could ever have like having a baby whale in our boat in a lagoon yeah like and they come to you but but we were also really hung up on making sure we got enough footage that i think about especially ben felt like he didn't totally get into the spiritual side of the experience so we've talked about well next time we'll do one day with just us and the next day we take the camera camera. i love it that's a good that's probably a good healthy mix for you yeah, but definitely. you're right. It's it's important to, and and we also have gotten so that we share snippets instead of the whole day, because then there's part of the day for us. It's got to find balance without a doubt. Yeah. Let's talk about because it, it, you guys do have an interesting balance. There's not a lot of people that I've <laughs> been talking to that still have a home base, which I obviously I love that idea. I think it's amazing. And then what is that looking like right now in regards to how much time are you guys at the home base and how much time are you guys out on the road usually? Uh, I don't know. We kind of let the universe dictate that in some ways. Because uh, as the longer we've lived on the road and traveled full time, you just have to surrender it to it and life. And like this past homestand is coming up on six months. And we sadly came home because our elder dog was having a harder time on the road. And it was the right thing to do for her quality of life. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we said goodbye. But now we're here at the house going like what the heck are we doing here now you know it's getting dark at 4 30 um you know we're still kind of missing our little girl but it's like let's just get the heck out of here let's go somewhere and we're going to start our around the world trip next spring so 
That's really going to change everything. We don't know what the dynamics will be like at that point. But we do know, we talked about this also in the Freedom Week thing of we're going to make our own rules. We realize like it's super easy to get into this, well, if I'm going to be full-timer, I got to do it this way. And if I'm going to be an RVer, I have to do it this way because everybody else is doing it. And you get to a certain point, I think you mature as a traveler <clears throat> to realizing like you're the only one who sets any rules and you're the only one that has to live by the rules you set. So make them work for you. And as they need to change, change them. And so that's, we're kind of in, we're really not sure what next year is going to look mm -hmm. like, but we'll come home when we get tired and feel like we need a rest and we'll stay out traveling when we're having fun. And circling back to the house, it's nice that we have kept it. We both moved a lot as children and we both don't enjoy moving. <laughs> so we've decided to keep it with the help of friends, uh, keeping a, an eye and house sitting for us and mitigating the snow issues uh, and calling when the boiler goes out. And I also think just, uh, from a financial <clears throat> standpoint, we wanted to make smart financial decisions in the sense of we don't think we'll probably travel full time forever. We'll always be travelers, but at some point we're going to want to, if it's not this house, if it's at a different location or whatever, but we're going to want to stay in the housing market. And so especially at our age. Market, and we really honestly deep down think it's foolish for somebody in our age group who already owns a house and might even whether they have equity or not getting out of the housing market and getting back in is going to be a challenge and you need to look long term yeah. rent that puppy out if you have to do whatever you need to do if you already own a house not to lose it not lose it per se but not to but give it up it. Yeah, just so from a financial perspective, we thought it was important to do that. We no, factored it into our budget, and Rebecca's job for so many years helped, helped us pay that mortgage while we were on the road building the brand into what it is today, where it is now supporting our household. But that took years. No doubt. And so let's go back to when I first found you guys, it was a class A. I don't know if you bought new or used. You were pulling a, and I'll might probably butcher the name of it, but basically a gator and two kayaks, correct? On a trailer. Yeah. A side by side kayaks and go. bikes. Nice. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when we see people that are living class A, there's usually a tow vehicle that's more about driving into town. You guys obviously were more of a, like, we're going to be adventuring. We don't necessarily need to go in the town. I mean, you can drive those things legally probably in the towns, certain towns. But I, that's what takes side streets. <laughs> yeah, that's what kind of drew me into you guys because I, you know, I love kayaking and the adventure side of it too. That's part of the life and to, and to see that. But I do kind of remember originally too. Was it his and hers, Alaska? Was that kind of the okay? And so it was more in around an RV Alaska. to Alaska blog is how this all started. Gotcha. That's way cool. So then we got wow. rid of the the class A, and you guys took us along on both of that, on the on the selling of the Class A, and then also where you guys were going into what you currently have now, which I guess is referred to as an Overland. I'm not an expert in any way. I've seen them on the road. They look amazing, and like you can just go anywhere. There's no issue. But uh, real quick, back with the Class A, you guys did do a lot of boondocking, though, obviously, before. A ton. Yeah. But that's our Alaskan roots. It is. I mean, well, that's the thing is, like, we meet people who are kind of not sure about the boondocking thing, and 
in Alaska, that was the only way to go because there are only RV parks in the big cities. So then if you want to go anywhere else, yeah. you're boondocking. State campgrounds don't have electricity and hookups <laughs> like they do in the lower 48. So Got that's how we grew up as RVers. <laughs> and the Alaskan lifestyle is completely different. Our trips out a lot of times were not tourist trips. They were trips out to adventure, to catch fish, to go hunting, to pick berries. And Sustain. yeah, because yeah. we had a very much a homesteading-ish lifestyle at the time. You know, we had our chickens and our big garden and we go out hunting and fill the freezer full of everything. Mm -hmm. But that's Alaska. That's the lifestyle. And that's where we learned to RV for so many years before we were even exposed <laughs> to that whole culture of RV life in the lower 40s. Like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Why are people afraid of boondocking? Like, <laughs> two deep cycle batteries and a generator. We rocked that for years. Mm -hmm. That's what I do remember. You guys weren't solar. I remember I remember yeah. being there with you, Ben, when the generator would break down here and there, and you'd have to, like, <laughs> Jimmy rig it and become a MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, I remember all those ones. That was awesome. That's amazing, too. I think a lot of people – I currently am not on solar. We've done quite a bit of boondocking. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't even have, a like, basically a, an inverter in here. We'll just, you know, hook up we the generator either. and use it when yeah. we need it and then put it down. Um Let's talk a little bit about that, about the boondocking. I think you guys taught me, and I'm a California native, and I didn't realize just some of the amazing boondocking areas in and around Mammoth, kind of in the springs. And like, I just was blown away that I'm like, wait, so if you have an RV, you can go and like hang out for 14 days for free in that area. It blew my mind. Like, <laughs> the I'm, Eastern Sierra is amazing. Yep. Yeah, it blew my Not as much as like being on the sand in Texas, like that. As a California kid, I, what, what do you mean you could? Bring your car onto the sand that's insane that's not allowed it blew my mind seeing things Pismo. like that yeah yeah i mean there's still one right but a lot of like <laughs> rules and regulations with it now too um so then you guys decide nope we're going probably a better vehicle for alaska travel and really kind of boondocking you guys went into an overland you took us the entire process which i love to factory tours to what it is going to look like what you're going to need the hits the misses what's that been like tell me a little bit because you're really the only one that I'm following that's living that life. Well, we, you know, being able to travel full time, we were able to incorporate visiting Earth Cruiser, All Train Warrior, Global Expedition Vehicles, ETL Overland, and a handful of others, and a lot of amazing people in person that we just met in our travels. We were able to just target all of this and still live an amazing, fun travel life. Yeah, just integrated it and in. And integrated it in because you're surrounded by them. It took some time to figure out what we wanted in the vehicles, <clears throat> what we could afford, what were must-haves, and what we could live without. I, I also think we went from thinking like much bigger than we ended up with because in the end, we realized we wanted to be able to travel overseas as easily as possible and some of the overlanders the expedition vehicles made for the states are just way too big for that we needed to fit in a parking spot <clears throat> and to drive down cobblestone streets that were built before there were vehicles yeah and four-wheel drive we just got tired of getting stuck in the snow yeah. it and seeing all these kick-ass campsites <laughs> that we could get to with the atv but no we're over in a parking lot two miles away <laughs> And you know, we were also limited with our coming home pattern in the Alaskan summer months. Well, this year is a perfect example. If we still had Nellie, 
we would be stuck at home. We're done. It's November. Yeah, I'm not sure what the road conditions are like right now, but it's definitely in the teens up in yeah. the Alaska Highway portion. We wouldn't probably risk it, but with Denny, we have four-wheel drive, good tires. We'll probably Amazing even, heating system. Yeah, we'll probably leave in early December. We aren't chased by the winter weather anymore. But it's going to be exciting driving the Alaska Highway in the winter. That's something that not too many people do, and that actually is going to get me excited. <laughs> and there's no that it after it, it I don't get excited about driving the Alaska Highway anymore. It is a <laughs> and the arse <laughs> living at the end of the road, 2,400 miles just to get home. Oh, yeah, I bet. It's not a convenient location to have a home base, <laughs> no. but it's an amazing one, no doubt. And then is that a more common rig in Alaska, or are there still more fifth wheels? Okay, it's not. Okay. No, but you, we saw and have seen a, a lot, lot of them. visitors mm -hmm. in them. So, like, a lot of Europeans come over. Um, a lot of times they'll ship into Halifax, drive across Alaska, and or drive across Canada, and then spend a summer in Alaska. So we saw a lot of them up here and over the years. And Alaska is a land of adventure, so you're going to see adventurous vehicles in adventurous places just like you're going to meet interesting people in interesting places but right, most right. alaskans if they have an rv they own a traditional class c class a travel trailer yeah just handful gotcha. of homemade ones out there <laughs> right on and so you guys have mentioned that there is the the idea the plan is to do an around the world like what does that just you know kind of look like it's obviously it's shipping the overland somewhere and then just driving yeah, from our present location, we can either go down, make a right or a left, and cross one of the ponds. Uh, we're not exactly sure which direction we're going to go at this time. Uh, we're always looking for the path less traveled in life. Nice. So, you know, that may lead us to go crossing certain ponds. Who knows? <laughs> you know, surrender to the universe, but we're getting the truck ready to drive around the world, it's going to be an entire lifestyle change. It's we'll put the truck in storage and come home when needed, but it is going to be who knows how many years. We're going to live a life on the road. Maybe we get a 60 day visa, maybe we get a 30 day visa, but we're going to immerse ourselves into cultures. That's awesome. That sounds great. Now, What's allowing you guys to do that? Where is the, uh, what's the profession now? What's the job now? I know you've mentioned different things that you guys are working for yourselves, but let's just get in kind of the deets of what that looks like. Yeah. Well, um, we own some real estate, so that helps <clears throat> with some rental income. And then we have built this brand, uh, which we've diversified pretty significantly over the last couple of years, especially. Since um, you have gone part-time to now no time, <laughs> it I means... We've been Another person on the team. Yeah. Right, right. So we have our YouTube income. We also um, have affiliate income. So we work with, like, for example, Battleborn batteries. We love our Battleborns. We have an affiliate link. People watch our videos or meet us in person. They like what we have. They click on the link. They buy batteries through Battleborn. We get a tiny cut. Right. Um, it adds up over time. Um, it, we also have a, a new membership website which yep. is helping and then the big thing we're doing right now is building out courses so our flagship course is how to create location independence and mobile income because that's the number one question we get yeah, asked. how do you afford to travel even though we think they're asking it the wrong way because it's not about how do you afford to travel 
It should be, how do you become location independent? Because it's okay to have a job and live on the road. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm sure as I'll take a job on the road than a job in a cubicle. Yeah. You know what, Ben, you said something really smart. I always think about like customer services that are working remote. If they were working remote from an RV at a lake, you would have people on the phone that you're dealing with with a much better attitude <laughs> than yeah. someone that's in a cubicle working nine to five. There's no reason to drive in if your job is on a phone and work in a cubicle. Businesses right. need to change that. They would have much more better customer service. So, well, uh, the world is going that direction. Like, oh. it's so easy to be remote now to create businesses that are not stick and brick. Um, it's very attainable yeah. for people. The internet has changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, for good and for bad. It's funny that you guys mentioned. Yeah, for me, I feel like we were at Lone Rock, Utah, and we were dry camping, and I was just sitting out there, and I swear to you guys, within a 30 minutes, I saw maybe 25 people drive up, take a picture of Lone Rock, get back in their car and leave. Drive up, take a picture of Lone Rock, get back in their car and leave. It's just for Instagram. You know what I mean? It's like they're not – the first time I got there, I sat, and I just looked at it. Like I, could, I was like, yeah. I can't wait to kayak out there. I can't wait to I walk said on I want to go fishing when I was at Lone Rock. Yeah, and it's just so – like that's weird to me that there's that side of it. And there's a reason they're building fences and gates around, you know, Horseshoe Bend now because it's become – this like moment instead of experience it's become a photo experience so i do agree but it does it's given me the freedom to live this life so i'm thankful to the internet just as you are for sure same way here that's exactly yep. how we are it gives us the freedom so we we respect it for what it is but it's an amazing age to be living in yeah oh for better or worse so yeah. let's talk about these these courses real quick i mean obviously I, I like talking about what people are doing. I think sometimes people will think, oh, come on, we're going to get an infomercial. No, you're not. You're going to find out how people figured out a way <laughs> to have a business online and basically the question that they're being asked. So let's talk about it a little bit. What are the, the courses you guys are teaching? I guess it roots back to a greater idea of um, the goal is to a buck, figuratively. It's not always going to come in one piece of paper. It's going to be a mixture of pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters. So you have to diversify yourself. And the courses are just another stream of income. They may start out as a nickel, but one day they might become a quarter or a 50 cent piece. Right, right. Come and on. it's all about just getting so many little streams of income. And some of them are going to grow. Some of them are going to stay little. But the courses are also a way of us being able to download our experience and knowledge in a very organized and cohesive fashion when compared to a YouTube video where you talk about something. There's a certain way of formatting things yeah. and you can accomplish a lot in an educational course. Like I'm actually working on my course right now, which is gonna be a YouTube survival guide. Oh, nice, love it. And just about all the nitty gritty, dirty things that you need to know and to survive in the world of YouTube all the hard knocks that we've taken, all the priceless information. All I ever really wanted was just a mentor, a big brother to say, Ben, <laughs> dude, you gotta do things this way. You got your principles, you got your vision, but you know you need to mesh your vision with what the viewers want. Right, right. And make it work that way. Don't be stubborn, Ben. Don't do like... Right, right. I've always sense. wanted that. And that is what I'm hoping to accomplish with this. I and love with it. the income course, with the mobile income course, we're really firm believers in that it's not just about figuring out the money part of it in terms of making money. It's also Discipline. mindset and, and getting your finances in order and figuring out what do you really want out of this life and creating some goals around it. And then 
okay, what skills do you bring to the table that you could turn into income um, or a business or a job? And then how do you take action to make that happen? And how do you create sustainability in the lifestyle? Because you want to make sure that you're, if you're building a business, that you build things into it that will grow with you and create a sustainable life Passive for you. income. Yeah. That's a big word. The gift that keeps on giving. Right. Jelly of the month right there. Right, so sure. we think it's a lot more important. It's a lot more than just, oh, hey, I found a, I found a job on FlexJobs. I'm going to take it. Um, there's a lot more that goes into it if you really want to make it sustainable. And so that's what we teach in the course. Well, last year, the holiday season, I kind of checked out of producing videos for about six weeks and focused on uploading our content to a stock footage video platform. Hmm. And it was all consuming, but you know what? It was a one time and done process. And now we just sit back and we collect hundreds of dollars a month now off of stock footage. And that's a quarter and it could easily keep going. And that is, I mean, the, the word passive income is a, definitely a scary term. Uh, obviously, real estate can definitely be a passive income once it's purchased. And you've talked about that. This, in regards to selling that, can definitely, or footage, can definitely be passive income. Because once it's up, it's, it's one and done. Yeah, right. The idea of courses, I don't know enough. I mean, I, I will say this. I've never taken Ben and Rebecca's courses. I've never sat through them. But I've sat through almost four years of their content to know that they've gained the skills to be able to turn around and explain how to do this. That for sure I can see. The proof is there. You guys have you have that body of work for sure. As opposed to what we probably have all seen where someone's been on the road six months and it's they're doing how to's like posers. Yeah, they really are. And, and I, I laugh at it because I've seen people that start the how to's and then they give up on the life. And it's like, wait, what? Like how did you do that? Like you're not even in this life anymore and you're still trying to teach it and you just couldn't live it. Um <laughs> So I, I love hearing both of that. I love that the course is available. Obviously, this conversation is going to come up a lot in the podcast and in the magazine. As much as you're asked it, I see it asked all the time. Or how are people doing this? And I love the idea that you can, and it doesn't necessarily have to be around the lifestyle, but the fact that you can have skill sets that you can teach courses on to the point where there obviously is still a lot of back-end work to make them viable and accessible. But once they're up, they're kind of up, which is really nice right. with yeah. today's technology. It's a lot of work putting together like that cohesive package with support documents, resources, and yeah. yeah but no it's rewarding when it pays off for other people. Without well, a doubt. For me, it's something I can really sink my teeth into. I've learned over the years that not to sound, you know, snobby or something, but like I'm really good at teaching people stuff. And so it was something that I could really tap into. And it's a, <clears throat> especially with the income course, it's, it's a base of knowledge that we have from like 10 years of building businesses. We started with brick and stick and then, and then went to digital businesses that allowed us to travel. And it was always this thing of like, God, how can I share this with people? Because it's a question we get all the time. And so it's really rewarding for us to have put a package together, like Ben says, that allows for us to share all this knowledge we've we've acquired over the years and what worked and didn't and make it easier for the next person and we're awesome. able to offer the his and hers perspective still as well like i could be it could be said that i'm known for being blunt and straight to the point no bull 
but you know, that's an asset when you're looking at different perspectives and you have yours, I have mine. And like my YouTube course is literally going to be a survival guide, like how to play this to come out the other end, a winner. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like the, the questions I see asked all the time are so vague and ambiguous. And to the extent that I'll use an example, should I get a fifth wheel or a class A? Like that's not a question anyone can answer, you know, without some real background. And the reason I chose a fifth wheel is completely different why you guys originally chose a class A, you know what I mean? And, right. and with some experience, I can say, well, you know, if I had pets and whatever, I think that's a better kind of lifestyle. At six foot seven, a class A with my budget, it's just not possible. I just don't have that kind of money. I'm not rolling Will Smith kind of money. A fifth wheel makes total sense at my height. You know what I mean? So and I oh, think you would not fit in our camper. No, you would No, I, I saw it. I was like, oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> but yeah, if, like <laughs> I'm like that. This if you, hey, this is my imitation of me taking a shower. <laughs> I know you on the podcast didn't see that. I tilted my neck as far as I could to one side. I love that you guys are able to teach from a state of experience, which is really powerful and really smart. I mean, even when I look at kind of the idea of this magazine, I don't want it to be Damien's perspective. I even saw you guys on Instagram the other day. Uh, you guys have a quarterly magazine yourself and you're looking for writers that have these experiences, let them know. I thought that was really great. Like it's, it's really great that we're in this community. We kind of see each other as, you know, I, I wouldn't want to try to teach anyone the Overland experience. I'll talk about the fifth wheel. I'll talk about that life. I'm not going to talk about class A's. I'm not going to talk about bumper pulls. I'm not. I just haven't lived that life to even remotely get in there. And so I love that you guys are really coming from a place of experience. Now, Ben, you, you talked about YouTube. Obviously, when did you start your YouTube channel? What year did you guys start it? Uh, it started back in 2014. A um, little bit. Yeah, a, a very little bit. Not as like an active uh, creator, but more as a place where my video passion started off with home videos with a GoPro Hero 2 nice. in Alaska. And I just made these holiday videos and made DVDs. Well, two years of DVDs sucks. <laughs> so then they got emailed links on YouTube. <laughs> on YouTube. And then I was then signed into YouTube. So then I saw things and there was this guy, uh, Corey Williams, Dude Like Hella was his channel and he skipped a rock across a freshly frozen lake and it went boo, 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 boo. And his reaction, well, it was a viral video. Everybody in the state and a lot in the lower 48 saw it. And I was like, who is this guy? He's talking to the camera like it's a person. Like it was just fascinating. So we're like, well, let's give this a shot. Cause we were already not talking to the camera and filming ourselves. <laughs> right. so let's try talking to that thing. And the first vlog was uh, just a random real life moment. We flew into Anchorage and a semi overturned on the highway leading to our house. And I was like, honey, I let's... wanted to go back and use the Marriott reward points. <laughs> and I said, honey, let's sleep in the back of our expedition. Unfortunately, she That's just okay. bought some pillows from Pier One and we had yeah. auto start. So we, it's January or well, December. So we always carry sleeping bag in case yeah. we get stuck on the road. It's a treacherous Smart. road in the winter months to our house. We had auto start. So whenever it got cold, the heater was on. So we just started and it timed out after like 20 minutes of idling. So we fell back asleep like a sleep timer. And it was our first video. <laughs> and, and then the first travel vlog we did was to Turkey and Spain. And that was when we kind of got hooked. Yeah. And when did you decide to be his and hers vlog? When did, when did that like the well, name and the idea of let's do it as a real, let's really do it now. So the two, the two things kind of combined into one, there's the holiday videos 
end and then our friends uh the new school nomads jen she mm -hmm. came up and she's like you guys just gave us so much amazing information summer 2014 i think yeah have you nobody's guys... nobody's doing alaska that are alaskans yeah and you guys just helped us out so much why don't you start a blog about rving in alaska so we came up with his and hers alaska mm -hmm. and then it, you know we did those the sleeping on the highway video cutting a christmas tree down video then the trip to spain and turkey and then the summer of 2015 we went and bought a our first like real Real's camera to start vlogging with and that's the same year that we also left in September to travel to the lower 48. So like September 2015 was when we really got started, like making videos every day of travel content. Not every day <clears throat> videos, but consuming a significant portion of your life making videos. Yeah. And then I remember, I, I don't remember the date, Ben, but I definitely remember you celebrating the milestone of 10,000 subscribers. So from the lower 48 to 10,000, how long did that take you? Do you remember? There's a greater picture, and I was actually just writing about this today in my course, but we did it wrong for two and a half years. Okay. Like I was just doing it wrong on so many levels. Um, I was doing it my way, and I held fast to my way that I didn't want to just be the sellout and do cheesy ass videos for the sake of getting views. I had a passion. I, I'm a creative person he's yeah. an artist <laughs> and I, I, I don't know i just i did it wrong so i had a revelation uh spring of 2017 we're sitting around 5,000 subscribers and the revelation was i need to make my way work with what the viewers want and within a few months of that revelation we went up to 10,000 subscribers and then you know, we are at 60-ish now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I always, when I see a creator celebrating uh, 10,000, I know that's a pivotal moment. I feel like that's really when channels can really kind of find their sweet spot and take off. I mean, I, it's funny that Tim and Finn that were on, I was actually their 10,000 subscriber. I found them, we were in this boondocking. Oh, they have 9,909. I pressed it, they had 10,000, and that's how we have this, like, friendship. But, such, but I remember telling them, watch how things will change now. Because there, there is something about that plateau. At that point, if ten thousand yeah. people can like you, a million people can yeah. like you. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And there's been so, it, obviously, you're talking about two and a half years to get to five thousand. You kind of said to yourself, okay, I'm gonna take it pretty serious. And now we're sitting at, like you said, sixty thousand subscribers. That's a phenomenal community. And I would say that probably going from a class A to an Overland can be a really hard for a channel because there's a lot of just, yeah, there's a lot of diehard die class A's that are like, oh, I'm out, you know. Well, and human nature, you know, people tend to only want one type, one of, type content. of content from a channel. Right. And that truly, uh, you know, it's in the course, but that's been one of our mistakes. I don't, it feels stupid, but we could have created his and hers fishing, his and hers Alaska, his and hers ATV, his and hers kayaking it just gets ridiculous at that point so that's why it's like just his nurse vlogs we are ourselves it's, us. it's never been an rv channel or anything it's just us and our life right and i love that it got removed from alaska to vlogs because it is so much more than just alaska which is great and i know youtube is not listening but i think i can solve everyone's problem right now i really wish i could subscribe to a channel and then also decide to subscribe or unsubscribe from playlists i feel like 
I own or I have an HBO subscription, but I don't watch mm-hmm. every show. You know what I mean? And I would love to be able to say, I want to see your travels, but maybe I'm not interested in fishing. I don't fish. But it doesn't stop you from what you want or having to create all these different channels, which I think is really cool. So that you, would be smart. You YouTube, if you're listening. Them, I, them that idea. Yeah. Do you have their number? Because the it's Game really of hard. Subscription. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like the entourage uh, subscription. Well, I, I mean, I say that in all sincerity, there are, there are channels that I love, but when they're doing something from a playlist that I, I'm just not an unboxing guy, you know what I mean? But I love learning video editing and stuff. But then once the iPhone 11 comes out, it's like, I don't, I don't need to see that. And I see them dropping. So I think it'd be really great if channels were doing that. So you're going to take, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, please. It, there's two different kinds of videos. There's your passion videos. And then there's those videos that you do because you need to get discovered. Yep. And sadly, you know, human nature and the, they, their need to research things, the unboxing videos, tours, interviews to learn. People go to YouTube to learn. Yep. No, I agree. And I think, I, I guess that's more of the point too, is that if you take like a, a Mark and Trish, keep your daydream, um, it looks like they're integrating the how-tos in their weekly instead of doing how-tos anymore. They've just kind of integrated but to you- still have that, but not to like have a channel that's just uh, a how-to but I totally agree with you so um, I think it's interesting to see that it really does take a lot of time it's a lot of work you're gonna make mistakes I love that you're offering kind of the big brother kind of course that's coming down the road I think that's gonna be really popular for people if you're creating content on the road but it sounds like was it a business idea in the sense that you guys just start documenting more for it sounds like for the family or did you guys know you know what this is going to be kind of a springboard for us to get to that point. <laughs> well, funny enough, I had no idea people were making money off of YouTube. <laughs> Serious, until that Spain and Turkey trip, and I bought some Turkish and Spanish music off of iTunes, and copyrights came up. I'm like, you won't be monetized, or monetization will go to somebody else. I'm eligible for monetization and it's going to somebody else. Well, hell no. That's when I discovered like, Oh my goodness, these people, they're making money off it. So yeah, I was it. Yeah. There was YouTube was never for the money because I had no flipping clue. People were making money off it. I thought it was just cat videos and GoPro videos and where you embed things that you need to or upload things. So you can embed them on a website. Right. Right. No, that's awesome. I, and I think you guys were definitely ahead of the curve. I, I think, I don't know, I feel like I saw an explosive growth in 2017 when it comes to like travel vlogs, you know, a, a couple of the, the bigger channels. The, it's funny, the bigger channels that did it, the fun with Louis and all these, a lot of them are gone from that. And now like anyone that just wants to grab a camera goes. Um, what, what did you guys figure out to kind of find your, your niche, your sweet spot? And you talked about it a little where it was like, I was creating stuff for me, but then I also realized what I need. I need to think about my audience as well to have the passion. Trust me, I I have a hard time with what it looks like to be selling out, but it's part of the video. Like it's not really selling out to talk about the courses you're creating, the products you're creating, the way that you're earning money. I feel like it's just part of this lifestyle. Oh, people are hungry to know that information, but I think for us, what it was, we figured out, we love to share the travel, and so the first couple of years, we just shared the travel, but nobody clicks on a video that says, driving from Chicago to Ohio. Exactly. That's boring. So, instead, what 
Ben's revelation really was like, okay, let's keep vlogging and we share the day of travel, but then we also share a talking point, a talking point, something, something informative. And so they'll click on the video because they'll want to know like the 30 mistakes people make driving to Alaska, which was our most recent video. But in that video, we're either driving somewhere or we're showing footage of us driving, doing something. And they'll be like, ooh, well, I really like where they went. I'm going to subscribe because tomorrow they're going to continue this trip and I want to see where they go. And anything to avoid that, those, I'm probably going to offend some people here, <laughs> but the sitting on the couch in an RV and recording a video, talking to the camera about things instead of showing or actually out there doing it. Yeah. Right, right. We try to overlay a ton of B-roll. Make it engaging for the eye. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Yeah, I've, I've been, I'm totally attacked right now, but that's fine. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're not, you're, you're doing audio right now, even though we're on video. <laughs> no, no. I, so I have a video series where um, I'm trying to record a thousand videos in a thousand days. And I'm wow. on day, uh, I'm on day 601. So I'm, I'm getting like, up there but a lot of them got to get stuck in here when it's raining and so it was i was totally making a joke because if it was like hey a lot of damien's videos he's just sitting on the couch that's weird that guy just made fun of him but i totally i totally know what you mean you know what though it was really great recently uh someone was talking i think it was on a podcast i was listening to where they said i think a lot of people don't realize that we sit inside of our rv just as much as a lot of people sit inside of their home that there is a false kind of like where we're constantly outside and constantly doing things i'm like no like for me, and this is me speaking, I, I don't like the term camping. I don't consider what I'm doing camping. You know what I mean? Like I'm in a thousand trails. I, I have a condo that's being pulled by my truck and I just live in different states. And it's just, that's my okay. mindset. Uh, I've had a boss say, well, you know, it's kind of like you're on vacation all the time. I'm on vacation all the <laughs> no, time. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not yeah, exactly. Because if, if I was on vacation, we wouldn't be talking, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you tell your boss. So for me, it's really great to hear because I know a lot of people get burnt out. They, 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 they're doing these videos. The, the audience doesn't show up for whatever it is. I think to start out the way you guys start out where it's more about capturing the content for even at the beginning, family and friends, is just such a great idea. To take the time, though, to learn a lot of the back-end stuff, which I'm doing none of. My, my project is just to shoot 1,000 videos in 1,000 days. I'm not worried about thumbnails or back-end or tags or any kind of SEO searchable content. This is just about me learning how to create a video every day kind of a thing okay. and, and that drives people nuts too where they're like I don't get it you're not doing this and that and I'm like I think that's what's really cool too is everyone can have their own journey when they're creating content there isn't a right and wrong way for you but there is a right no. and wrong way for creating an audience and I agree with what it is that you're going to be teaching 100 percent so I love that and it sounds like it's it's taken some time it there's been some real pain points with it um, I do love the one thing I really loved about what you guys talked about is that when there's a dollar bill, there's money coming in in different ways. I love that. And even if YouTube's a penny, I feel like what I'm learning from people, uh, especially with suiting 600 videos is I've built relationships with people that I've never met. That's and right. once I, and once I meet yeah. them, they've had this whole relationship with me that I wasn't even aware of. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I was yeah. cheated on myself. I'm like, I don't wait, what? <laughs> And I kind of had that moment with you guys. I've, I've been consuming your content, but it's the relationship trust building aspect of creating this content that's phenomenal. And 
And that's what gives me the, the ability to say, if they're teaching a course on how to do this life, that they've been doing this life, they have the history, they have the experience. So I, I love that, especially with videos. I mean, you've grown a channel. I mean, let's be honest, a, a 60,000 sub YouTube channel is in the 0.005. It's not even legally drunk. You know what I mean? Like in the channels, <laughs> it's so like, you're definitely in the 1% for sure. And it's I don't- The hardest personal thing I've ever taken on. I bet. And in terms but of it, career type stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's really good content. So let's talk about really quick, cause I want to be able to do the hard stop. What's been the, the, the hardest part of kind of a, a life that's full-time kind of digital traveling. And then what's been the best. I, I want to end with the best, like just, so what's been like the hardest thing and, and you can't say Wi-Fi because we all say that. So what's been the hardest? Get a his and hers perspective. Why don't you start? <laughs> yeah. The hardest. <clears throat> Um, well, I guess it depends on which vehicle we're traveling in. Um, I would say that moving into Denny was probably the hardest thing we've done in our in our on the road lifestyle. Um, it was a real change in how we lived. Um, it put us to the test, and uh, we came out on the other side. I think better people and a better couple. But I would say downsizing to that tiny little rig. <laughs> The world got a lot bigger. <clears throat> Our home got a lot smaller and it to You live out of it. Yeah, you live out of it instead of in it. And it was definitely um, a period in our lives where we learned a lot about each other and how to have a healthy relationship in that state and, and to take care of ourselves. Like it took a lot to learn um, how to engage self-care in a rig that size. I know that sounds weird, but oh. like for months we forgot to take our vitamins and make shakes in the morning, which has been a routine in our lives for a decade. And it was just a really rough transition. I bet. I, I would say the <laughs> hardest or most challenging part would be real life. Uh, a lot of people are under this fairy tale misconception that, you know, it's all peaches and cream out there on the road. You're living the dream. Damien, you know, Ben, Rebecca, you're living the dream, but we- You're on vacation. Yeah. You know, we're all still subject to real life events. And the past few years have been a knockout punch for us between our dogs. You know, they both became senior dogs at literally one right after the other. And we had three solid years of heartache and, uh, Sack, giving more of ourselves to our dogs. Uh, then we had so much debt, like grandparents, because we're of that age. If you're still at our age and you have your grandparents, consider yourself blessed. And, but hands down, real life, like you, when you're driving through Tucson, you're like, yeah, Gene's in Tucson, let's give Gene a call. Haven't talked to him, old coworker. Oh, he's three days from dying. Right. If you know what? The universe put us right there where we needed to be. You know, I talked about that earlier. And then on that same road trip on the way back, I get a phone call from an old friend saying that one of my old friends on my age, she died. Teacher, she got, uh, what was it? Strep. Strep that went septic, like 38 years old or something. Just one week you're here, one week you're not. And so yeah, the hardest part is real life. Just like the hardest part of living at home would be real life. Right. It's not all fairy tale no. out here. No, I agree. It's funny to me that within the, the RV life that 
somehow, I and mean, I guess that's how people feel when they live in Hawaii, that everyone thinks they're on vacation because they live in Hawaii. I've, n- I've <laughs> never lived in Hawaii, so I don't know if that's the attitude, but I definitely have learned that through here. What have been, what have been your highs? I like this idea of hearing from both of you. So what have been like the, the moment where, for me, I have these moments where I say, I can't believe this is my life. I have those yeah. moments, but what are those? Give me some examples of those. Well, I'm a travel junkie and I love overseas travel. I've been to 42, 43 countries. So for me, it is when we cross the border or step onto that airplane, you feel so alive. It is like an adrenaline. It's that adrenaline high that you chase in life. And, 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 and you think like, wow, I cannot believe this is my life. And and this is living and you get to experience that on so much more of a regular basis when you're traveling um the getting to see new things the new experiences the constant change it constantly feeds that especially like we drive across the border into mexico and it is like "Ah, we've arrived you know right and i think that's what's driving us to go overseas because It's the constant chase of that feeling that just, man, you just know you're breathing. There you go. Yeah. Ours are obviously going to be, our answers are going to be similar, but to me, it's about new experiences. Um, Yeah, we haven't hit every single place in North America and the United States, but you know what? After all these years, it really seems like old hat. Mm -hmm. How many times can you... I don't know. You know, there's still plenty of places left for us to explore when we get back, but I'm hungry for new experiences. And when we are out doing something new, you, like you said, you feel alive and, or it could even be in the United States when we drove the uh, truck through New York city, that was I was fun. pumped. <laughs> that was just like, <laughs> Something we, we can't do in an RV, but New we, York City. we spent the night. Yeah, we parked two York. blocks from Times Square in the truck and had a great night and slept on the streets. <laughs> in the truck. In the truck. Yeah. <laughs> That's but awesome. new experiences. That's really cool. So how do people uh, find you? I mean, I think we've dropped a little bit of hints, but I want to make sure people really know where to go to find you and uh, especially if they're interested in the courses. So do both. Let people know where they can find you on socials and let them know where they can find these courses. So we we wanted to make this really easy for people, so we created a website, hisandhershub.com. A little play on words there. It's a central location where you can find everything we have. Hub, like the wheel of a tire. <clears throat> uh, you can access our videos from there. You can access all of our social media. Uh, we have 101 courses that are free. We have university courses that are paid. Our magazine, our newsletter, the whole shebang. Go there. You can find all of our YouTube channels, hisandhershub.com. On YouTube, we're his and hers blogs. Same on Facebook and Instagram. We Twitter a little bit. Really? I can't remember the last time I did anything on Twitter. I tweet whenever I Instagram post. Oh, okay. Cross-tweeting. That's right. Okay. Does that count? (laughs) I love it. Hey, you guys. I really do. I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and hanging out. It's good to be able to talk to you kind of face-to-face and get to know you a little bit offline in a sense. And so uh, thanks yeah, for really being on the show. Off. Yeah, I really, we've got a, I definitely, you know, I mean, I want to do all 50 at some point. So Alaska is definitely on the radar. Uh, I think I might not bring the fifth wheel. I think I'm learning. I might want to rent something that I can go really explore. So, you know, maybe we you'll be having a summer home, get a slide in truck. Camper yeah, keep the fifth wheel yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and get a slide in truck camper. Yep. Problem solved.
Yeah, I've got the truck ready to go. I love it. Yep. All right, you guys, thank you so much again. And then uh, I will link everything down below for you guys if you want to just a faster way to grab their information and find them online. And uh, really, though, thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. All right, another great podcast in the books. Please take a second and give this episode a review as that is a huge help for me to be able to get the word out about it. And if you happen to know anyone that is either an inspiring digital nomad or is a digital nomad, please share it with them. Now, don't forget to head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital copy of your Rootless Living magazine. And you know what? If you think you would make a good guest for this podcast or you know someone that would make a good guest for this podcast, have them reach out to us at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. Until next week, stay rootless.